bags in 100 years. That ship house gift you think will be insightful, clever, or just when we search. We're here to say that's not the case. We'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one cup. It is Thursday, the 14th of July. This is Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. I'm Will Anderson. I'm Charlie Clawson. Uh, and there's a game tonight, Charlie. It's another Thursday night game. I mean, this is tough for us. I mean, yeah. it's hard <laughs> enough for us to get this fucking podcast out, like, in time for the round. But when they keep fucking sneaking the games further into the week, it makes it harder for us. Yeah, yeah. If they actually, if they didn't start the next round till Monday the following week. Right. Our be- podcast <laughs> only be two or three days late every week. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we were both, we're here in Sydney, we're in the same room for once doing this podcast, which is great, we're back in the pod cave, and we were both saying that uh, even as uh, neutral supporters that tonight's game uh, at the SCG uh, is going to be, be an absolute ripper. cracker. Well, last round was so interesting, it was a round of upsets and near upsets, three yes. top eight teams lost, and then both our teams almost lost to teams that they, they should have beaten easily. Yeah, it, it was definitely one of those rounds where, uh, particularly that Bulldogs game, and I, I know we'll, we'll go through the games and we'll mm. talk about it, but I, it just felt like one of those ones we could lose. Yeah. Like, the whole time, I was like... Well, it's also the Richmond factor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's the game that you shouldn't lose. That's the one that Richmond will win. Yeah, I mean, it's so richmond <laughs> So, But it's also so richmond to imply that you are going to beat one of the top four teams and then lose at the end. Yeah. That's also so richmond There are so many things that are so richmond it's hard to pick which one you should go for. Well, the first uh, game of, of last round was Port Adelaide versus Hawthorne, which... Was the game where uh, Alistair Clarkson, in a very strategic bit of fucking like baiting, <laughs> said that Port Adelaide haven't proven they can play hard, tough football, which was basically it was the equivalent of in a kung fu film when the guy does a little hand wave to say, "Come on, throw the first punch." That was Alistair Clarkson's fire, firing a shot across the bow, right? Well, I loved what he did because he didn't just do that. Like, I mean, normally coaches don't, in the AFL, like, I mean, when you watch American sports, that happens all the time. They call out the opposition and they, like, you know, kind of create, in the lead up to these matches, they create some theatre. I think it's called a beef, Will. Right. They, <laughs> they have a beef. Like, I mean, have you ever seen a boxing match where they both agreed that it should be a good fight on the weekend? <laughs> yeah. No. And the UFC, they've never had a way in without some sort of incident. They yeah. know their market, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's always got to be something going on. The two people have got to fight each other. But it rarely happens in the AFL. Everyone's, you know, never wants to give the opposition any sort of... I would go one step further. I reckon we should not just take an, a leaf out of the UFC's book. We right. should take a leaf out of the WWE's book. Yeah, sure. When it comes to beefs, yeah. you know, the, the format has been laid out quite quite successfully for 40 years. I mean, I'd like, yeah, to go a step further. I'd like Clarko to be calling out Ken Hinckley and his boys. And then halfway through, uh, Clarko calling him out... Some music starts yeah, yeah, playing, yeah. and then Brad Scott comes in, yeah, and he yeah. starts calling them both out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's funny because there's a lot of uh, discussion at the moment about players who won't sign their contracts, you know, right. or, or putting off contract negotiations, yeah. like Jesse Hogan. Right. What I'd like to see is at the uh, you know end of the home and away rounds. Well, last Jesse week, is invited to sign his contract in the middle of the MCG. I would have gone Roos. a step further because last week, of course, Melbourne played Fremantle and Fremantle is where they oh, think he's going to yeah, go. Yeah, right? of course, that's perfect. So you have the contract signing yeah. in the middle of the ground before the game and you don't know. There's two contracts. Yeah. Both of the captains run to the centre. So you've got, uh, um, uh, you've got, I guess... 
Pav is still the captain at West Coast, Nathan, isn't he? Nathan Jones. And Nathan Jones. Yeah. yeah. So Nathan Jones and Pav both jog into the centre <laughs> with fresh contracts. <laughs> <laughs> and Hogan has to choose which of the contracts he signs in the middle of the game. Yeah. And the good thing about doing it at the ground is you do yeah. have the jumbotron. That when, you know, he's about to sign, then, you know, the, the music blares and suddenly it's, uh, I don't know, it's uh, Adam Simpson from the West Coast Eagles saying, Hey, Jesse, we know that you think that you're going to Fremantle. But the biggest team in WA is the Eagles. Boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see a lot more of that. Yeah. You know, pre-packaged bits before the... And, you know, they're saying that towards the end of the season, some of the games... With arms wide open. <laughs> everyone has their own theme song. Creed. No, Creed gets their comeback off the back of the AFL adopting WWE tactics. I'd like to see, um, because, you know, there's a lot of kind of dead rubber matches. That's the big thing this season. Like, there's too many dead rubber matches. The eight is decided, right? So, we throw some wrestling stuff into those dead matches. Yeah. I mean, you might not go and see St Kilda playing, you know, Fremantle at Etihad Stadium if it's a normal game. Yeah. But if St Kilda and Fremantle are doing a table, ladders, chairs <laughs> yeah, AFL yeah, yeah. game, yeah. then and suddenly the, you're going to and that. And the best thing about it is we already had the steel chairs lined around the boundary. Right, so empty. Plenty of chances. Ready, ready to be yeah. smashed on and and we can also bring in some of the player managers. Like, you know, right. you could see uh, Liam Pickering oh. turn up and, 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 and throw like a steel chair in to one of his players. I want to see Ricky Nixon back. <laughs> yeah. That's, if it goes WWE, that's time for the chicken to come back into but, the AFL. But you could do, you could do uh, Ricky Nixon in the same way they use like, um, do you remember Dr. Love and yeah. how he had Love's Corner or whatever? It's like he's not actually at the games. He has his own separate thing just to the side. Of, the chicken near Punt Road. The chicken coop. <laughs> Where players come and do interviews before games? Or cross them to the coop. No, post-game. It's a post-game function. They do all the post-game interviews at the coop, co-hosted by Ben Cousins and Ricky Nixon. Oh, God. Did you see they had a selfie together this week? No, is Ben. I thought Ben was in hospital. So Ben was in hospital after, and again, it's sad to talk about cars because things are clearly going so terribly in his life, but he was found directing traffic. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, which is a weird thing to do. Getting, Either- getting a head start on his community service. <laughs> <laughs> he's had a massive night out and he's like, I'm going to have to fucking do some community <laughs> service. I might as well do it while I'm up. <laughs> I'm not going to sleep until Thursday. I'll direct some traffic. I'll pick up some rubbish and then I'll sleep it off. Yeah. Um, yeah so he didn't go to the West Coast Eagles reunion because he was in, in, in hospital after his latest thing. And, uh, but then there was a photo of him in the paper this week, uh, selfie with Ricky Nixon, him and the chicken. The chicken train hanging now, out together, that, so that should be good. Who does that benefit more, that photo? Whose public image does that help more? Oh, I think it's still, like, it, it makes you feel worse for Ben. Right. Like, okay. even when Ben's so directing help, traffic so that, at so his hospital. Help ben, then? Your sympathy, maybe. That he has to hang out well, with Ricky I, Nixon? I thought, he, I thought he'd hit rock bottom, then I saw it took Sorry, a photo with Ricky Nixon. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe that is his rock bottom. They'll show him that at AI. Here's the selfie. I knew I had a problem when I got a selfie with disgraced footy manager Ricky Nixon. Uh, so Port tried to bash up on Hawthorne uh, as oh. a response to Alistair's... Well, this, this yeah. is the thing I was going to say about the Clarko thing is he didn't say that they're not hard. He just said, we bring it hard every week and Port haven't proved that they can do that yet. And yeah. that's pretty... I mean, that's pretty full on, don't you think? 100%. But, I want to see more of it. I but, want to see Clarko going around now when he plays Essendon to drum up some sport. He goes, don't like Joe Danaher's head. It's the wrong size. <laughs> Not into it. We're going to smash these guys. No wonder he can't kick straight for goal. His head isn't on straight, mate. <laughs> that's the problem. 
Look, he's the master at it, and it worked. Like, the way Port Adelaide came out, you could see they definitely were targeting Hawthorne players. I mean, Jesus, like, if you're going to target Cyril Rioli, you better make sure it works, because when Cyril decides to fucking, like, go that extra notch... You see what happened on Friday, oh, last Thursday. He was incredible. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's that Hawthorne thing of like, they're, they're so good that they need that little bit of extra mo. You just don't want to poke the beast. Yeah. You, there's no way to play unsociable football against yeah. the most unsociable people in the game. Yeah. You, don't, you just want to keep them actually... Normal sex has got so boring for them. Yeah. They need to be slapped in the face to get turned on now. Right, exactly. If you're not choking them, they're not hard. <laughs> that's Hawthorne. That's their motto. Yeah, that should be in the club yeah. song. Hawthorne, yeah. if you're not choking us, we're not hard. <laughs> Four in a row. This is how we get off. But can you fucking believe it? Like, I know Mike Howell's happy. I know Chambo's yeah. happy. Limo's happy. We've got a lot of friends who barrack Very for Hawthorne. Howie, my friend Howie. Roger Corsa, for Hawthorne. But you know what? Go fuck yourself. Go I can't fuck believe yourselves. it. You know what the big story last week Jason was? Jason Dunstall. Like, you know, beloved son of the club, Jason Dunstall, yeah. wrote them off like 10 weeks ago. No, he said they weren't playing as well as they played last year. But that doesn't matter because I'll just still just win. He did say they can't win it. Yeah, he did say they can't win it. See, we're still online for my preseason prediction, Charlie. Bulldogs, Hawks, grand final, reverse, reverse the, the curse. curse. <laughs> like <laughs> Hawthorne keep playing well, it still keeps me in the in the zone for that. But mm. I loved last week. Their big complaint was that after that game, because Hodgie came back and like just start. Like Hodgie was awesome the yeah. other night. It was like classic Luke Hodge game of football. Yeah, and laying knees into people. Oh, it was the best. Like Hodgie, because that mark, like. That's a legitimate mark. That's yeah. still within the rules of the game. But yeah. he just knows how to take a legitimate mark and also send a bloke to hospital. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the assassin that you'd be happy to be killed by. You'd be like, no, good job, professionally done. Do you reckon, they're talking about, is he the greatest captain of all time? Yeah, he's, he's got to be up there though, right? Do you reckon him or Brownie? Oh, as a captain, I'd take Hodgie, but Brownie's pretty, pretty great close, as well. But similar yeah. kind of inspirational, like, man's man leader, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Hodgie's but, probably a better footballer. Well, I also arguably. think that Hodgie has... Well, I don't know about that, because I think Brownie played a harder position. You know, Hodgie yeah. has spent a lot of his career kind of one-off directing traffic down the back, but... Like he's so, Cousins. But he's so good... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they should... Ben should come back. They should just put him in the right. back line. Directing traffic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's got some experience. Maybe he's trying to make a comeback. Maybe that was his audition tape for the recruit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so their big problem, Hawthorne. And this is that... Hawthorne have the equivalent of... You know that expression they use on the internet, first world problems? Yep. That's what Hawthorne have. Yes. They have Hawthorne world problems. An embarrassment of riches. Their biggest problem is they wanted to retire a couple of the older players this year, but they're all in career best form, and so they can't. Yeah, so... That's the sort of problem yeah, you have at Hawthorne. Yeah, their, their veteran guns are yeah. holding back their junior guns. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're not sure we can retire any of these people, because two of them will probably win the brown line. <laughs> I know it's insane, but it's all. But it's the it's the um it's the aura too. You know, it's the kind of it's just the vibe. Will the yeah. vibe that Hawthorne are creating this time of the year? You see it just rippling across like the AFL media. It's like they're doing it again. Like, again, yeah. They're, they're 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 getting they're peaking at just the right time. And right. It's like the attitude they displayed in that game last week. That was the thing that scared me. It's that every t when I played club footy as a junior. 
my team was always like we were always bridesmaids. We'd always make the you know made three or four grand finals, but there was always that was the, your team name, right? The Brighton bridesmaids. Yeah, the Brighton bright Brighton bridesmaids. <laughs> played it played in white. Yeah, the veil was tricky. We that were, was always well, we wear white and red. I mean, you were really good at boundary throw-ins because you'd practice with the like, <laughs> the, bouquet the bouquet so many times. <laughs> but every time that we made a grand final, got to be third up for the bouquet. That's the trick these days. There was always a team in the league that was dominant that particular season, yeah. like that hadn't lost a game. It was like the Ormond Blues for a while and then kind of uh, St. Peter's were another team but I remember the feeling is like oh what's the fucking point like you know we're not going to get close enough and when you played these guys they were all fucking guns in their different positions Matty Robbins I think he played for the Bulldogs he Uh was one he played for one of those teams but that's how I feel about Hawthorne it's like oh What's the point? <laughs> like they're so tough and they're so good and they've done this fucking heaps before. Like right. who's who's? I mean, sit, sit, but they're beatable. Yes, I mean they're the greatest modern uh, team of the modern era. I, like it's so weird to say that because when we were watching Geelong play, or I Brisbane was like before that, yeah, and then Brisbane before that, you were like, I won't see. T- like it's amazing that we're seeing teams this good in a competition that is now meant to be so completely even. Yeah, but this team, I mean, crazy. How do you feel about the four peat? Like, I, 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 spoke, I spoke to a Geelong friend of mine the other day, and he was like, fucking, that can't happen. Like right. And that makes sense because you're a Geelong supporter. Yeah. But I, I, I'm curious. Like, I think if they do it, it wouldn't, it'll annoy me because, you know, how much you know, success can one club have. But to see it happen would be amazing. I think, weirdly enough, I'd rather see Hawthorne make history this season than see Geelong or Sydney win it. Because I just think, well, if Geelong or Sydney win it, that's that same thing that we've it's just, just been doing for a fucking decade where they all get a fucking go at it. Yeah. I'd rather see someone new win it, like someone who hasn't been you know, around for a bit and change it over a little bit. Or I'd like to see, I, I think, you know, I'd be Four happy pit. to see you well, know, one we, of the greatest well, we teams went of to, all time. We went to 2004 together and <clears> that yeah. was, uh, and we thought, oh, maybe we're going to see. That was the Brisbane. Yeah. Four Pete. And that's who we were going for in yeah. that game was to see the Four Pete. And also some of the fucking best punches <laughs> like you've oh. ever seen. I mean, that's, that was that the last of the full-on like punch-up grand finals. I think that was that's the reason it was the last of them. <laughs> yeah. Like I believe that was the grand final that meant that there will never be a grand final like that again. I was watching um, after because that was Alistair. Lee. Was that Alistair? Lee? Alistair Lynch yeah. and uh, Daryl Wakeman because he was retiring or Shane Wakeman, one of the Wakemans. and he'd retire. Like he basically well, was he, retiring after he, that game or something. Wasn't no, he? he'd done his. He did, did something oh, that's in right. the game. In the game, and then he just went, "Well, oh, fuck yeah. it, I might as well punch." <laughs> people <laughs> I'll take this guy's head off anyway a few years later I'll be working on television the ghost AFL. thing about that is you see like I think in while they're starting to blue in the forward pocket is Jason Ackermanis and another little guy and the fight breaks out between um, uh, Lynch and, and Wakelin and you see the two little blokes think about rushing in right but then go why don't we just stand here and just hold each other's jumpers and right. stay the fuck away from those two because someone's going to get killed you hold me yeah. and I'll hold you <laughs> and let's just kind of pretend yeah. to shake each other that's exactly we'll just be happy over here that's right? exactly what it looks like let it's those so dumb funny. fucking big idiots hear each other and we'll just keep our faces pretty for the after party whoever wins <laughs> I've already got red, red hair. I know I dye it blonde, but it's red. I, re- I recommend looking at those highlights I did this week of that grand final to see also a young Damien Hardwick fucking throwing some elbows and some sneaky jumper punches I mean, that's, about. I think that's the thing that's interesting about the way Richmond play is it's nothing like how Damien Hardwick played. Yeah. You know, Damien Hardwick played... Well, the Scott brothers, for that matter. How Hawthorne played. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, he played that sort of proper old school, hard, like accountable, like, you know, yeah. on the edge Physical. fucking footy. Yeah. And Richmond really don't do that. It's, yeah. it's interesting. Who I was think. that player for um, 
Port Adelaide back in that era that everyone loved to punch. Was it Josh Carr or was it one of the Carr brothers? Yeah, I think it was Josh Carr. It was but there was one, one yeah. that everyone, like whenever there was a fight, like yeah. it was the first person to try and grab Josh Carr. That was their version the of Punch Buggy. Yeah. <laughs> if, punch you see, if, you see the, if you see a Josh Carr punch it. Because <laughs> you can see in all those highlights of that grand final with all the fights, Josh Carr's in there and everyone's just clambering to get towards him to where is he one. he's down there he's on the bench but people are running towards the bench <laughs> yeah. just going where is that fucker any excuse the next game was uh, at Skilled Stadium which is part of the fucking Geelong slide yeah. four weeks ago who saw this coming I mean, lose to St Kilda lose at home to the Swans I reckon Geelong are one of those teams where if you'd asked at the start of the season were they going to be a, like a top two, three, four team, people would have said no. People would have said Dangerfield will make a really big difference, but realistically they're probably still going to be a bottom half of the eight team. Then he made such a difference and they were flying for a while that everyone suddenly was like, I reckon Geelong are about where Geelong actually should be because I think yeah. that Geelong have some holes. Yeah, like they have some superstars and Hawkins isn't playing well and they can't and Motlop's fallen right off and like yeah. you know a few of those sort of younger guys they don't have that like I mean you know you look at Hawthorne and they just lose one and another one steps up and they just get into the system and they say but Geelong after the top few there's some players there who I reckon I, they're one of those teams though that on their day if everybody plays well well, they're, they're, they're kind of unbeatable don't, but, you, don't you think Geelong are the eight personified in the sense that you know, anyone can beat anyone. Yeah. So they can play like champions one week yeah. and then get beaten by St Kilda the next week. But, I mean, uh, they smashed us. And that was only just before the bye. They, they, they're the only team this year that have smashed us. So there's been no fortresses this year, have there? Because each... Well, GWS team, was, but... Yeah, and, and, and <laughs> we'll but Geelong, beat, Geelong beat Adelaide and Adelaide, didn't they? I'm pretty sure, earlier in the year. Yeah, I think so, really early. And Eagles have oh. lost at Domain and Frio, obviously. So there's not... And, well, we won't even talk about Queensland. But, uh, but so there's been no fortresses this year. There's no, no home ground advantage, really. Eddie had, mate. Yeah, that's true. Although Have the Bulldogs lost, Bulldogs lost to North at Eddie Head, I guess. Well, we've lost to North. At, well, I think that was at Eddie Head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eddie had oh. the Fortress, but I but but there's no interstate Fortress, so that's good for Victorian clubs. The Fortress is pretty much wherever Hawthorne plays. <laughs> Actually, is, is Tasmania still a Fortress? Well, we almost is like there. yeah, no, yeah. Be. Well, yeah, that's just, your only fortress left. Yeah, or did they have... Do they North lost? lose down there? Have North lost... Are there any fortresses? That's what we <laughs> want to know. <laughs> Show us your fortresses. Are there remaining fortresses or, or have all fortresses been breached? Is this like the final season of Game of Thrones? I still... I reckon... Winter is coming. <laughs> I reckon... September it, is coming. <laughs> October? October is, is coming. coming yeah. <laughs> September into October is coming. Um, I, I reckon that game, the Geelong game, was... Uh, if the Swans play that football, then I could comfortably see them playing the grand final this year. That's the kind of... If, if, if that's the swans that turn up, then I reckon, yeah. I can oh, see yeah. That. I mean, but that's, as you were saying, like Geelong personify the eight. Sometimes, in some ways, Sydney pers personify the eight. Because, yeah, I don't because know, Sydney though. have dropped games that you wouldn't have... Like, as in, like, they yeah, still... Look, they lost to Richmond. They still look that, beatable. Rich, that, that's the, the, the big blight on their year has been the loss to Richmond. But it's Richmond. So you Bulldogs know. beat them at home, though. Like you know, I mean, yeah, it's but not like a, they're. But, but that was a good game. Yeah. It wasn't like you know you were trounced or anything like that. Like you know, they, you guys were quite evenly matched. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you're right. I mean, right. there are there. There's no outright favourite. Is there any team? They, I feel most. I feel most. Uh, I feel they are the most solid bet right now for me. The Swans. Uh, is there any team in the eight that you think can't win it? West Coast, North. 
West Coast and North probably. Yeah, I, I reckon it. too. Which yeah. is amazing to say about North for a team that was like oh. on top of the ladder and hadn't basically lost a game like three weeks ago. <laughs> I know. But they're already, I mean, I was listening to, to Fox footy on the way over and they're already retiring like half their fucking list. <laughs> see you, Del Santo. See you, Patriots. Like, fuck, really? Is it getting that bad? Jesus. Jared Waite was in the All-Australian team halfway through the year and he'll be retired by round 20. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, uh, this round um, saw an event that none of us like to see, uh, a Collingwood victory away from yeah. home. I mean, Collingwood are on a bit of a roll. That uh, should have been, that had the first quarter I watched because I'm like, fantastic. I want to see some yeah. Harlem Globetrotters versus the Washington exactly. Generals. And I, so I switched it off because I thought oh, they're going to skip away go. to a 50-point lead. And I then, feel like GWS did the exact same thing. By the way, I know we've mentioned this before, but uh, <laughs> in our pre-season preview where we talked about does Jesse White still play football? <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. Turns out he does. Quite well. I mean, uh, occasionally. Occasionally. Let's not. When I mean, we, you know what he is? He's a guy who plays footy well when we're not watching. When ne- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, Jesse. I'm glad that you're still playing. <laughs> <laughs> and you said uh, last week you um you, you you railroaded me. You were like, "Who's going to want Travis Cloak?" Yeah. Do you think anyone will want Travis Cloak after the well, after the after one good game in a cheating glove? <laughs> you think it was the glove that was it's the a band glove? He wore a band glove, like in his one game where he marked some. I don't know. Don't you think there's some... Don't you think in any other thing, if you're like, hang on, he, he, hasn't, also, been, he, he also, hasn't been marking them at all, and now this week he's wearing this band glove, and now hand. he's marking them. I don't know. That Matthew Richards had said when he, he wore that glove, because the one that it was legal at the time, but he'd never worn gloves when he was playing, and then when he <laughs> injured his hand, he uh, wore the glove when he was coming back, and then he wore it for the rest of his career, because he said it was a clear advantage. Yeah. He said it, it's really? much easier to mark when you're wearing the glove. So who's the who's the most famous gloved footballer of all time? Oh. The big Q stick? I mean, the Q. Like, that, he made the most of it. Of the, the glove. Big. Yeah, it was very much like, he was almost like a revolutionary poster. Yeah, yeah. Like, where he would, like, very much, you know, throw the glove up in the air. He was like that, uh, the Black Panther salute <laughs> at the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but apparently that's why they take the glove off for the ball drop. Like right. if it wasn't artificially it sticky, then I'm, why would they take it off for the ball drop, right? I, I, I think if you if you I here's my rule. Right. I think if you are wear it to mark the ball, you should have to wear it to drop the ball. All right. Right? You shouldn't have to be cuz right? If it's a fair thing to wear. Yeah. Yeah, so that So do so, you think do you think if quite just say hypothetically, I want to see him in illegal gloves yeah. before I make my decision. <laughs> If Cloak continues his form, though, yeah. say like... Yeah, what? If Cloak continues one half good game <laughs> in an illegal glove... Yeah, no, no, go on. Now, if he goes on to kick two or three more goals per game... Per for the, game. ...for the rest of the year, so he, right. so he bags another, say, 15, 15 goals yeah. per year. if, yes. Is that a, is that present any problems to Collingwood? Or is that only good for them? It's only good for Collingwood. Yeah, I mean, because I think he's done at Collingwood. I can't see him going anywhere else unless there's no offers. Um, I think if he kicks 15 goals for the rest of the year, then perhaps there is a team that would think that Travis Cloak was worth... Travis Croak. Travis Croak. <laughs> Travis Croak. Uh, he's changing his name. Brian Lake style. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to, try to get a new fresh start. Uh, do you have anything... I mean, has this sort of... Collingwood's had a couple of good wins yep. now. Does this make you admire them? 
Uh, no, I reckon Collingwood... Because they've had a fucking tough year. I think that they've got uh, a lot of their better players on the field again now. They were hurt by injuries, yes, there's no definitely. doubt, and they don't have a lot of depth. Yeah. So they, they are certainly one of those clubs that suffers but from... But I also reckon the coaching wasn't great at the start of the year. Like, there's a lot of games where Nathan Buckley got outcoached. And I was surprised, but from just anecdotally, my Collingwood supporter friends aren't very fond of Nathan Buckley. He doesn't ingratiate himself with the fans. No, it's fair to say uh, that you're absolutely right. There's a disconnect. (laughs) (laughs) I've had some conversations with Collingwood fans who are not huge, huge fans of Nathan Buckley. I think that's part of the problem too of like letting a champion player coach your team is that people take their already preconceived... Because like not all Collingwood fans love Nathan Buckley the player. Mm. Because even as a player, he had a particularly kind of a style of playing that like divided people you know he was yeah. uncompromising and you know selfish in a in a way that like a lot of champions are but because definitely kind of yeah and was demonstrative on the field had a bit of that brendan goddard thing yeah. where it looked like sometimes he was like you know being mean or like you know whatever to other players <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that he was this sledging that he was sledging his own players yeah. like if he played for the swans he'd be like oh kieran i hear your parents aren't talking to you <laughs> hang on you're on my team bucks what are you doing <laughs> hey joe your head's too small bucks you're our coach <laughs> well there was a story about nathan buckley uh, i saw a player who uh had, you know, on one of those panel shows and they said, oh, you know, so Buckley is quite an intense individual. And he said, yeah, when I started, he asked me what my favorite films were and what my favorite songs were. Mm. And I couldn't really think. And then Nathan showed me his top five and he keeps a list that he actually updates regularly. Like that is the kind of individual he is. He's very much a kind of like routines and practices kind of guy. So at any time, Nathan Buckley can give you an up-to-date list of his five favorite songs? Yeah, and or favorite favorite films. They should start asking about that in press conferences. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah. Uh, one day, if this podcast gets big enough and we get AFL accreditation, yeah. can we go to Nathan Buckley press conferences and every week just ask him for his top fives? <laughs> Or just if there's any sports journos who listen, if if if, uh, if Jared Waitley listens to the show, Glenn Wheatley, Jared Waitley, yeah, uh, then uh, could you just ask? Yeah, just ask. Him. Just ask him. What's your current top five? Yeah. What are your top five movies, Bucks? I want to know. <laughs> yeah. Has there been anything this year that's come out yeah. in awards season that's in the like, top five? Did Boyhood sneak in there? I got a feeling Boyhood must have gotten to your top five. Yeah, I want to know. <laughs> like, you know, what what's Bucks into? <laughs> How many of the five places are what? Shawshank? Yeah, I was going to say, it's hard to dislodge the Shawshank. <laughs> Obviously Shawshank, and then Shawshank, extended director's cut version. So uh, what do you make of GWS after this game? What, young guys getting tired legs? Have they got uh, big heads? Do they start drinking their own bathwater? I believe... Uh, there may have been a bath run at quarter time. Sure. Because up until quarter time, it they seemed like they were going to be great. Yeah. And then I think because it was a cold day, they all did go into the rooms and have a quick bath. and uh, <laughs> Take a sip. No one could find the Gatorade. <laughs> so they filled up the bottles and the runners were running out their own bath water, unfortunately, to the field. Yeah, I think that. But also I think Collingwood are one of those teams, we said it a few weeks back, they're one of the teams most likely to fuck up your tips. Yeah. Port Adelaide and Collingwood, I think, are those two teams and that Richmond. from week to week, but even particularly, I think, this season, from week to week, yeah, you, you just, just don't know uh, what you're going to get from yeah, those teams. That's true. There's no consistency in it. There seems to be no pattern. One week, they look like they're a really decent team, and then the next week, they just don't fucking And you know what's going to happen at season's end is the same thing that happens every year is they'll get some fucking amazing high draft pick who's, you know, wanting to transfer from GWS or Gold Coast or something. And it's like, I don't understand how every year they manage to fit in some other fucking gun. Like, is it 
but people just want to play there or do they have they can't have more money like there's that's what the salary caps for right I mean, they do a lot of off-field stuff. That's the advantage right. of like a team like Collingwood is that, you know, if you're a Collingwood player and you have a good career at Collingwood, you're set up for life. And they very make it sure that that is the case. You know, that mm. is the great thing about having so many members and such a loyal following and such great facilities as uh, Bulldogs player Lin Jong mm. now knows all about because he toured the... Uh, Bulldog. That This is where Buckley, I think people don't sometimes warm to Buckley, which is that thing where... Like, he basically, he was asked, would you do the Lin Jong thing again? Differently. And he, he did goes, uh, I mean, would I in it, talk to a player in the glass house, uh, which is our facility? And yes, yes, I would. And, and would that player need to walk through our facilities to get to the glass house? I mean, yes. <laughs> yes, they would. And would we do it if we thought people would find out about it? No. No, we wouldn't. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, you sneaky fucker. What did you think about that? Because we didn't talk about it. I didn't have... Because as a Bulldogs supporter, I honestly didn't have that much of a problem with it. Because firstly, Lin Jong is... He's been at the club six years. He's played 30 games. He would definitely be our... If we had our best team to pick from, he's our 22nd, 23rd, 24th best player. Right. Which means... So he's a fringe player. Which means that if he was at another club, there probably would be more opportunities for him. And he is a really decent footballer. Every time he gets an opportunity, you know, he does a good job. You know, I could see how he could go, well, I could go to another club and I could be playing all the time and I could be improving. Be one, one of the number one midfielders. And I think that you... When you're in that position, then you're allowed to explore those options as long as you are still at the club, you know, doing your best. There's danger field shows you can and all those sort of things. Mm. And by the way, like there was all these arguments of like, well, you will have checked out. You should have dropped him. I'm like, that's such a stupid argument because I, I bet he wants to stay at the Bulldogs. Mm. I bet he'd rather just be a regular player at the Bulldogs. So he's going to be trying to play the best he can so he gets a deal at the Bulldogs and stays at the Bulldogs. Mm. But B, if he wants to go to another club, the best thing he can do to get his price up is to be playing good football. Yeah. So either way, you've got this player that you're like... And they're fucking professionals. That's the other thing too. Like, I think there is this element of, how could he do it? And it's like, because it's a fucking job. Right. <laughs> and it's a competitive marketplace. And, and by the to- way, the Bulldogs might at some stage go, well, we can't afford to have you on our list because yeah. you're not in our team and we have to pay these other players. Yeah. Mean- and do you think there'll be any kind of like, you know, died in the wool loyalty there? No way. No. I loved what the Bulldogs players did though. Did you hear this? When he went to training the next day after it came out, they presented him with a Collingwood jumper. <laughs> like, to, to, and I well, was that's like, good. Yeah, it was there fun. There you go. That's street justice. Yeah. And Bevo played him, which I thought was the right thing well, to do. What did Bevo say? It was the vibe, when the vibes are right? When the vibes are right. Marbo, it's Marbo. That was Boyd. The... He said, oh, we're going to play Boyd when, oh, the, vibe, the, when right. the vibes are right. <laughs> when the vibes are right. When the vibes are right. I love that. I fucking love Bevo. <laughs> it's just about the vibe, mate. Yeah. Just when we feel it. The it's vibe. Marbo, the gist. The vibe. You know, the mood. Uh, did you see any of the uh, Q Clash? Because I didn't, and I have no idea what happened. Yeah, oh, I watched, well, well, I know Gary's shoulder. That yeah, was the big I, story. I watched and Rishkatelli's knee. Yeah, I watched a little bit of it, um, and because uh, I I enjoyed watching Gold Coast the week before, so I thought I'd have a little look at the game. Um, I'll tell you what is uh, Lynch. Yes, fucking amazing. Yeah, and I know we talked about him a lot last week, but fucking two meter Peter. Yeah, like that forward line. And his little brother, the inch-high private eye. (laughs) (laughs) Two metre feeder in the inch-high private eye. You know, his detective series that he does (laughs) midweek. 
Yeah, well, two metre Peter is coming out of contract at the end of this year. Mate, I would offer him a two metre fucking check. Yeah. One of those giant novelty checks as big as his wallet. I mean, he looked... But he's a Victorian boy. He looked great. Like, I mean, he really did. He'd be good at the Bulldogs. Oh, mate, two metre Peter. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love two metre Peter down well, at the kennel. You, you probably don't have much room in your salary cap at the moment, do you? No, I guess any, we don't. Any veterans... Next mm. year. Any chance Tom Boyd will retire? <laughs> <laughs> We've put Boyd on the senior list. What? Matthew Boyd? No, 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 Tom Boyd. <laughs> <laughs> He's got that Benjamin Button disease. He's actually really old. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if you had that sort of money, we, we, which we probably don't, and we probably have a lot of younger guns, we've been signing people he'll go up. To so fuck, he'll end up at Collingwood somehow. That, that, yeah. I mean, if I were Gold Coast, that's what you want. You want to keep... If you could keep 2 meter Peter and uh, Lynch, and that's your forward line, I think you could really you know, yeah. get some midfielders back. That team could come back. But Ablett out now... What? Are they playing... Uh, did they play 2 meter Peter? <laughs> Peter Wright. It's, it's just, just so Peter much fun. Yeah, no, 2 meter Peter. 2 meter Peter. Did they play 2 meter Peter <laughs> <laughs> uh, just in the forward role, or did he do ruck duties as well? Uh, ruck and forward. Can he ruck? Yeah, he can ruck a bit. He's two metres. But he's, t- but he's skinny as, right? Yeah, but he's two metres, mate. <laughs> the ball's up in the air. He's two metres. Yeah. He just comes in, I'm like, two metre Peter. Reece Stanley's 201 centimetres. He's yeah, also well, two metres, but two metres But he's, he's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> Do you think he's parents... Long streak of grease When they Reece? called him Peter, they were planning. I mean, obviously they must know they've got like into tall jeans. They must, they must have known this was coming, the two metre Peter. It's perfect branding. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's what they used. To, yeah, yeah I, they played the long game. Yeah, the other, <laughs> literally. <laughs> um, so yeah, he was amazing. Ablett out now though. Um, Ablett and Richard Telly. So they, they, I'd say that's them gone. Did again you see now. David King's um, uh, proposal to trade Ablett? So uh, this is interesting. So what would you do with Ablett now? Because he's thirty-three. He's done his shoulder again. It's so sad because. Even that game a few weeks ago, we, it showed awesome. how good he could still be if he was fully fit. And we forget so quickly, I think, in this game, because he hasn't been around for a while, that, that period of that he played in those three or four years where he was by far and away the greatest player well, in the game. I think this is a question of when your head and your heart comes into play. If, yeah. hypothetically, we're talking about a Gary Ablett who had stayed at Geelong, I think that there'd be no question that you just, well, whatever Gary wants to do, we've, we're not trading him. You know, he's done enough. Whether or not, I mean, he hasn't had the success at Gold Coast, but he gave everything to that club and he really was, you know, he was the face of the club. You know, he was their best player. They're only a young club, but this is where I think you create culture. And I think if they were to push him out... What is the what is the incentive if they're going to do that to Gary Ablett? Then what's the incentive for any of those second tier players to stay there? You know what I mean, especially if you're Victorian. I think that what about the argument that, um, for example, that uh, Ablett because of the way that he is, you know, that he has his own way of doing things and all those sort of things. That perhaps if you want to build an actual cohesive culture, that perhaps maybe you're better to have not have such a big dominant personality who does things like kind of mm. his way. Try to keep O'Meara, give the money to O'Meara, trade. Ablett and, and like Amira and Wright, right, and yeah. then just build like you know a team. Well, that's the smart decision, but I just wonder. I just, I just, I just wonder if it will affect the way the club is perceived. I mean, it's a really hard call to make for a young club. It happens all the time. Like St Kilda traded out like all our grand final players to get to get young players, but they never traded out Nick Revolt. You know what I mean? 
Nick was always considered untouchable because of his leadership. And that's the, but that's the thing, like you're saying about, um, yeah, Gold Coast and Geelong. I could see him going back to Geelong, although I don't know if Geelong would, like, I mean, it's such a romantic story. Oh my God, but Dangerfield, I'm, Selwood and Ablett. But who would take, I mean, this is the thing, even though Ablett is such a great player, like, oh, you, you've I, got to be thinking about this, like, huge personality, brilliant, brilliant player at the end of his him, game. You could throw him into You'd a have port. to be careful about what team you put him into, yeah. I think. Well, but yeah, if, if, I mean, we always say, like, throw him into a Hawthorne or whatever, but yeah. it's true. Like, if you put him in a forward pocket, for the next two years, you're going to get 30 goals a year. Oh, more, I would have thought. If he plays a whole season, he could get in the 60, 60 in the four. Yeah, yeah, could, yeah. yeah, totally. I mean, in the same way... He's Le- still that good, no no doubt. Lee Matthews went from yeah. you know being a midfielder to a forward. I could see Ablett doing that for another two years easily. I mean, I don't know. Is this is the recurrence of the shoulder injury have anything to do with the way he recovers? Or is it just... No, I just think that like shoulders... I also think that shoulders are one of those things that once you have trouble... Like Judd was the same, right? Like they just... Once you've heard them, they tend to, you know. Yeah, so put him in a non, uh, like a, a position where he's not going to get as yeah, much contact, and he could be. Yeah, I would be definitely worthwhile for a top four team. What would be the him. best? Te- what the would be the team? North will probably get him. I mean, North Melbourne could do with him. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, but Gl- that, that... Glenn, Glenn, Gary, Glenn Ruse. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, sorry, you got I was trying Melbourne, to come up with the yeah. headline. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I reckon uh, it depends how this year goes for the Kangaroos. If this kind of their veteran experiment fails miserably, they drop out of the top four, barely hang into the top eight, then I think you'll see a resistance getting another veteran onto their list. What about Melbourne? Yep. Could, well, like, but then we... you get him and Nathan Jones too confused. Oh, the sleeves, I guess. <laughs> but on a wet day, if they're both wearing long sleeves, it'd be very confusing. I can imagine like a team like Melbourne would benefit from having someone If like... they can keep Jesse Hogan, yeah. Yeah, the and experience of Gary Ablett. Yeah, and he just runs around his feet. That's actually quite a scary prospect. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. I could see that. I mean, it's weird though that... Does it say more about Gary Ablett, how good he is, that he would have played for three clubs? I mean, you know, when you think about champion players, you it's tend weird, to think, isn't it? You don't think of them playing for no, but I guess you know, like two. It's sort of that thing with champion but then players. Then Rossi like, played for two clubs. Yeah, two's okay. Like it's like when yeah. you play for first, like Judd style. Like yeah. Judd otherwise, is, you're Scott Cummings, <laughs> right? Or Simon Mitten Connell. <laughs> yeah, it's like two's fine. Richard Osborne. Two's sometimes a sign that you were a champion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But suddenly three or four. Yeah, yeah. It's like someone's allowed to get divorced and go, you know what, get remarried. But when you're on your fifth or sixth marriage, yeah. people start to go, hang on, yeah, yeah. this may not be because you're a catch. Yeah. <laughs> There were a lot of players like that, though, weren't there? Who would play like for three or four clubs, and it's like you've had a ten-year career at four clubs. Like, right. so either something, well, was, some going, of something them, was going right or something was going wrong. But some of them are very lucky like that as well. You know, you see those guys who follow around premierships, yeah, and that aren't even those. I mean, what's his face who played the premiership in Brisbane and and North? Um, exactly. This is proving my point. He was a hard nut bloke, played down the back line. He's won four premierships. Oh, Pike, yeah. yeah, and played for Melbourne before that. And played for yeah, but that's what I meant. He yeah. played for a whole bunch of teams, yeah. but also then just started. Well, I think he played for a whole bunch of teams and then landed yeah. at a great club. Yeah, um, but yeah, I don't know the Ablett thing. It's if you could definitely if if you're going to use that money to re-sign Amira and Wright, definitely like that's all it's going to take is you know just give them money they can't say no to. I mean, Gary might want a fresh start as well. Like, he's not going to play in a... Pre- I mean, he came up to deal at this team and maybe play finals. And yeah, I think happen. I think he thought originally that he might get another chance at playing finals. in a premiership or at finals or a premiership, yeah, with Gold yeah. Coast. So, no, I reckon that's good. I reckon Melbourne's a good fit for him. Although, is it of long-term benefit to Melbourne? Well, I think Melbourne but- want to play finals next year, 
right? Yeah. If you're Melbourne, yeah, but where then, you are now, you would want to play finals next that, year, but, but, which means that you want to be... I think if you play final, I reckon Ablett, you'd want him, if you th- you'd think you'd want him for two more years. You'd think you'd at least get two more. Yeah. But if you find a role for him down there, you know, you could, he could be a little bit like Boomer Harvey in a way, that he has such great skill that you could, you know, maybe even get three out of him. But yeah. Melbourne, yeah, t- two good years from Ablett while you then develop those other players. Because they, the thing that I think about Melbourne is I look at their forward line and they don't really have a player. Like a small forward. Well, they have Garlett, who's that, yeah. Like over the back, wiry, like that yeah. sort of forward. But he's not an Ablett style small and, forward. No. Oh, but do you think Ablett would be? Is a he's not a forward pressure forward either. No, but Garlett is. He's okay. Ablett would play quite that. good over his head. Like yeah. I mean, essentially, you're getting a mid sized forward. Ablett would play a bit more like Stringer plays, I reckon. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you know that kind of small forward. You yeah. Know, like he third he tall, leads well. Like a third tall, yeah. Really. And he turns around well. He does that great thing where he could kind of just play that sort of off that half forward. I mean, he'd be a great player in yeah. that All mix. Right. Get the deal done, Roos. <laughs> In the middle of the field. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next game right. was your boys taking on a very Richmondy Richmond. Yeah. Um, which I watched this entire game. And uh, it was, it, it, it sort of felt like the Bulldogs hadn't woken up. Like it was yeah. sort of like, it was sort of like they were hungover and someone was beating them with a, with a pillow. And you're like, eventually they're just going to wake up and snot this guy. But when's it going to happen? And then it was that last quarter, Bont, Stringer. Amazing. Yeah, it was one of those games where, like, I think after the Sydney game, it was a bit of a danger game for us. And I think for, like, three quarters of it, it really could have been. Like, well, if they had kicked straight, if, they kicked, if they'd hit targets in the first half, they would have been all over you. Like, they had something. You had, like, five goals from turnovers right. by half time. Yeah, we, we, and look, we're still having trouble scoring. That's the truth of it. Like, we still just don't have a consistent way to goal. But mm. that's one of those games that we would have lost in the old days. And, the thing that I really loved about it was that it is our young leaders now who, when the game needs to be won, are winning it for us. Like, mm. you know, Bontempelli definitely stepped up and Stringer was, who'd had a dirty, dirty day, kicked four goals and won us the game, really. Yeah. So, Do you think any that, that goal to sort of put you guys back and well, to, you know, to, to seal it, any danger of him handballing that one, do you think? Mate. He had two players on in the goal square. Uh, they actually, he literally has stabbed out the corner of his eyes. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he went in, he said, can you give me those things like horses run in, yeah. like blinkers, so yeah, I yeah. can't see? Yeah. Yeah, he has the opposite. You know those uh, sunglasses that used to have those leather bits down yeah. the side of them? Those, yeah, he has those, but just clear out the front exactly. so that he just cannot see anyone in his peripheral vision. I just don't know why, if you're a bulldog, why you would bother calling for the handball. I don't think they do. <laughs> I think they just wave as they go by. Yeah, they right. just go, kick it, kick it, kick it. They're <laughs> yeah, just right. Distracting, really. Yeah. They never think they're going to get it. In fact, if he ever handballs it, it'll probably hit him in the head because none of them will see it coming. So, But uh, that's what you want. You want somebody in that situation to... Like, it was the opposite of watching Danaher play, who you know, was taking these amazing marks and really, you know, but clearly is so nervous around goal that he doesn't want to, like, kick it. Like, mm. the thing you know about Stringer is that he wants to kick the goal, you know, and that's... Yeah. Yeah. And that they only need to play like one good quarter when you're a good team. I mean, that's what Hawthorne did for the first 10 rounds is they'll just show up, do just enough. I mean, it's, it's a marathon this season. You can't be like smacking teams every week. Sometimes you've just got to keep winning them. Yeah. And that's especially enough- after a taxing game against uh, like Sydney the week before. Of course, you're going to be a bit slow. Well, this is this my week. thing about the Bulldogs is that like, I, I can see why they shouldn't win the premiership, right? Like, yep. firstly, history. We just haven't, so why would I ever think we would? <laughs> Secondly, you know, we lost Murph. We had all those injuries. Um, you know, Boy, like, has had his things. You know, we've... 
we can't quite score enough. Like, you know, all these sort of reasons. But we keep winning. Mm. And we're right there. And it, there's a little bit of me that goes, one of the greatest things that I've loved about this season is how often we have been thrown adversity and have overcome it. Mm. If we managed to get a little period where we didn't have any adver- adversity to overcome and it all came together... I do wonder, you know, what we are capable of. You know, yeah. it might be really exciting. So Poor old Libba's going to need some of his nonna's meatballs. Got to get the nonna's... Maybe that was the problem, though. He didn't have the nonna's meatballs oh, before, yeah. you know. Yeah, so he didn't have, like, iron cast ribs. Right, exactly. Fucking painful. Yeah. That was, uh, He's not playing this week. No, you wouldn't think so. No. I think he probably would have if he weren't... Like, we're playing if golf. If it was a grand final. Yeah, if it was a grand final. He yeah, but uh, no, that was one of those ones where the, in the replay you could just, like, you could fucking hear the air going out of his lungs. Was it broken ribs in the end? I don't think it was broken. I think just he's... Bruised. Frac- oh, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe, I think there's something, but he's out for a week, yeah. Yeah, it was... Um, the good thing uh, from a Richmond point of view was they actually looked like they unearthed a couple of kids. Kent Stanger, Kent Stagner, whatever yep. his name is, kicked three goals. Yeah, that was good. And then um, uh, uh, Dmitry Markov's son, Olaf, I think. Olaf Markov. Something like that. Anyway, but he played a really good game as well. So Richmond, because that's been the big knock all year, is like who you know who name your best young Richmond player. But at least for one game, there were some kids that you thought, oh, they're showing a bit of something. Which, if I was a Richmond supporter, I'd be like, just more of that, please. Like, let's just now start piling more and more players in there. Yeah, and I mean, and they. They they played one of their better games. Yeah. So, you know. You can't dislike Richmond. It's impossible. It is a bit hard, isn't it? You know, like, I mean. They're like one of your mates that, like, is always cheating on his wife, always doesn't have quite enough money. <laughs> but if you just like, well, you know he's just are. a great guy. No, they're more the Charlie Brown. I right. reckon they're the Charlie Brown of the AFL. Oh, yeah, right. It's like, oh, you're never going to get it, Richmond. But right. Fuck, you know, I just love seeing you try. Yeah, as you run towards the ball, <laughs> the rest of the AFL pulls it away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, up in the Northern Territory, the Demons beat a very disappointing Fremantle. Yep. Wasn't really much to say yep. about that game, really, was there? No, no interest, don't care. Um, I think that... Hogan played well, though, in his audition. Yeah. <laughs> no contracts were brought out by the captains. Uh, on Sunday, the Blues uh, took on the Crows, and fucking hell, man. This I know it would be a fairy tale to reverse the curse, but if Adelaide were to win this year... What a great fucking, like, sports story that would be. I mean, there's a lot of great stories, you know, this year. You could have the four-peat. You could have Adelaide after the, you know, the great tragedy of what happened to that club, definitely. Um, and they're, they're a fucking good football team, you know? Yeah. Like, their forward, forward line. Their forward line. Right? That's unquestioned now. Yeah. Yeah. They've they're, got everything. Tall, shorts. It's like a fucking <sighs> men's, like, warehouse. Like, clearance warehouse. We've got pants, shorts, shirts, T-shirts, socks. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you hear the, the people complaining that Josh Jenkins only gets them, like, you know, over the back. I'm like, yeah, but he gets three or four of them a game. Yeah. And th- they're going over the back. Yeah. Like, I find it weird that, like, I mean, I know we've talked about this a bit, but it used to be the Joe the Goose the, or the, like, you know, just, you know, anything over the back people used to hate. It was easy ball. Yeah. But if you're kicking four or five goals a game off it, I don't give I a fuck. It. I reckon Who the, cares? I reckon the it's fa- a goal. The fast break's exciting. I reckon yeah. it's our version of a fucking slam dunk. When you get someone running into an open goal. And I, they've just got so good at it now that, you know, you really do. It's like any other thing. It's like a new, you know, if the no. forwards make a contest, and that's that thing, as long as you can test the ball and bring it down to the ground, yeah. some of the most exciting football happens I mean, fucking that. GWS have built an entire game plan around that. Just like waves of players just being too fast for you. Yeah. 
didn't work this week, did it? No, I mean, this, <laughs> but that was like uh, Alistair Clarkson, I, I noticed this week, um, was asked about the contested ball stuff. Oh, yeah. It's kind of bullshit. Yeah, it's bullshit. I don't, he goes, I think we've won five in the last three years. I don't give a toss. No, but he actually said, I don't but, give a toss. <laughs> yeah, I don't give a toss. But he also said that's something for you guys, you guys in the media made yeah. up. And it's like, I don't think so. I've heard fucking coaches from all clubs talk about losing the contested ball. Yeah. Is that just a big fuck you to the other teams in the league? I think it is, yeah. Yeah. He's good, mate. He's, <laughs> he's, he's real good. good. He's real good. He doesn't need no Jumbotron to start a beat. No. Uh, over in the West, it was the Eagles beating a really disappointing North Melbourne. It's just fucking... You made an analogy at the start of the year that North Melbourne are like an old 70s car, like a vintage restored car that's on the racetrack, and it looks fucking good, and it's actually holding together because it's a solid build. But now, like we're through the halfway point of the season. The thing about having one of those cars and... is they always, yeah, always have problems. Yeah. You just, you know, if you buy a new Get car. Get it on a straight flat track. Right. Right. Great. But as soon as you it... Take it out on the open road. Yeah, yeah. It's going to wobble a little. A little. And the more you drive it, you're going to have to stop and change the oil and water it more regularly. I mean, like I said, I was listening to one of the Fox Footy podcasts and they were retiring half the list. I haven't seen a lot of North this year, but from what they're saying, Del Santo's not moving that well Hasn't anymore. been his best season, I don't And think. Petrie... Petrie... Daniel Wells can't get on the ground. Petrie's... See, the thing with Petrie is that he... He's fine in that team if all the other guns in the forward line are firing, but he's no longer, you know, the Drew Petrie that he was. Mm. And I think once, yeah, you notice that he's not playing that well, I think, you know. Fuck, that conversation, that tap on the shoulder conversation as a footballer must be... I wonder, like, how many players go out in their terms and how many players just, like, are told it's time to hang up the boots. Like, fuck, that would be the worst. Well, I mean, it's one of those things, I think about it all the time, which is this idea of, like... That the best time, at, it's one, the thing about sport, that one of the cruelest things about sport is, the thing that you might be best at in your life is over so early. Yeah. You know? Like, I mean, think about it now. Like, I'm 42 years old and I still feel like, you know, hopefully there's plenty of my life and career and all those sort of things to come. But I'd be 10 years retired as an AFL footballer if I'd had a really good long career. Mm. And I do, I can understand why people don't want to stop. Because yeah. what the fuck are you going to do for the rest of your life? Yeah, you reckon coaching in the amateurs is going to be as exciting as running out on the MCG on a Saturday? No way. There's no other way that well, you're going to earn, did you like, see, earn selling your real estate $400,000 did, did a year. Did you see you know? the, the Rocker Brothers on um, Open Mic? No. It's really interesting. It's really interesting. But uh, Anthony Rocker was saying that exact thing. Because like, he is now an assistant coach or you know, he does something on game day. And uh, Mike was saying, so you know why? And he's gone, because I just... I get that adrenaline rush when I'm on the boundary line. I can't give that up. You don't understand. Like, you know, once you've played an Anzac Day game in front of like 90,000 people, it's really hard to go to back to normal life. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you just find ex-footballers on the street going, just boo at me, man. Just boo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Finding people holding pieces of paper, running through them. I just need the buzz, man. Uh, we should wrap this up because yeah. um, we're running out of time. So the last game was obviously uh, Saints versus Essendon. It's very similar, actually, to the Bulldogs-Richmond game. Um, we were played really, really badly, and uh, the Bombers got up in the last quarter. As you mentioned before, Joe Danaher and his kicking. He had a chance. Like, it was a complete hero moment. He took... Like, that mark was fantastic. Amazing mark. Yeah. But I mean, he is pretty fucking tall already. <laughs> so, right. But, uh, yeah, he got that second lift. But they just... The Saints did what they had to do, the right players. I don't think I have realised until this season how good a player Jack Stephen has become. Right. Like, he is now our elite A-grade midfielder. There was some stat that David King brought up on Monday night, which is that he actually uh, is in the top 10% 
across all these different areas of defensively, offensively, one percenters and stuff, which is really rare because normally a player is sort of like, you know, biased to one area or another. 41 possessions. I think he had 12 clearances to half time. He basically was the difference between us. I actually, um, I said I had tickets to the rooms after the game. So I went down there and uh, uh, I met Baines, the recruiting manager who got me the tickets. We had a bit of a chat. And I, <laughs> the vibe in the room was like one of relief more than anything. Uh, like there's yeah. a lot of people like, like we got out of jail. <laughs> and I said to him, so we you know what's going on today? And he's like, I don't know, but fucking thank God we had Jack oh, Stephen. Yeah. Which, yeah, he was um, the difference, wasn't he? Sometimes yeah. it was one of those days where everyone was just, wasn't a great game no of football. No one was hitting targets. And, was... and, and, and we've, we've sort of got a bit of a dysfunctional forward line at the moment because Revolt's sort of playing uh, up the wing a bit more. Bruce is out of form. He's just not clunking him like he was last year. Probably getting a bit more attention this year. But then Tim Membry is the only thing that's really sort of held us together. So it was an interesting game. Like, thank God we won. But it's one of those ones where it's like, you know, I don't mind. We're, we're not going to... I don't think we're going to play finals this right. year. Like, it'd be great if we did. But I think... We've got, I think, pick eight right now in right. the draft, so, yeah. you know, don't yeah. want too many more wins. No, I think, but you but also, you don't want to you don't want to lose to Essendon. No. That would have been... No. Yeah, it's like, you. at the end of the day, you still don't want to lose to Essendon. And also, we've got Melbourne this week, and we don't really want to lose to them either, because they're sort of round about the... You don't want to lose to anyone on the same level or below, but mm-hmm. above, you can get away with. Yep. So, should we quickly uh, yep. go through the game? Let's so, tonight, it. it's the Swans taking on the Hawks at the SCG. <sighs> Tough Hard game, to this one. Really yeah, tough to pick. I don't know. I mean, Hawthorne are due to drop one, I reckon. Because they've just been, like, so you know, dominant. they've just been so good for so I long. I know, but I also think because the Swans already beaten this year, this is, this, there'll be a real point to prove. Yeah, that's true. Hawthorne have a point to prove. Buddy Franklin, SCG. I'm going to say Hawk. <sighs> Jesus, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's hard. You just can't tip against Hawthorne, can you? So, no, not in this form. No, I'm going to say Hawthorne. Uh, Friday night, Frio taking on the Cats at the main stadium. Okay. I don't know, actually. I really? Can, yeah. All right. Well, pick what you want, mate, but the Cats are going to win that. Okay. I'll say Frio. Uh, Saturday, the Is Tigers... that your lock of the week? Uh... <laughs> no, you don't have to put it in yet. I'll, I'll you come can back do a retrospective lock of the week. Lock of the week. Yeah, lock of the week. <laughs> um, on Saturday, the Tigers take on the Bombers at the MCG. Well, you know what? Like, they both played pretty well last week. That could be an okay... Well, it won't be a skillful contest, but it could be an okay game. I reckon Richmond might win that. Yeah, Tigers will win that. North Melbourne take on Port Adelaide at Etihad Stadium on a, oh what is this a Saturday afternoon the worst uh, North Melbourne and Port in the worst fucking time slot four thirty on a Saturday afternoon like, I'm just saying why didn't they just call it the under the carpet game that's a, a perfect one to launch tables letters chairs as far as I'm <laughs> concerned that's the sort of game that you need to you talk about never tear us apart let's have a tear us apart let's have a no refs match. Let's just no umpires. Yeah. Just play no it. No umpires. No umpires. Great, yeah. This uh, Saturday, <laughs> Eddie Had Stadium, <laughs> Port Adelaide and the Rose, no umpires. <laughs> Fuck, that's a hard game to pick. I reckon North have North, North have to win. North have to win. But but Port, Port if they okay. do but the other thing is if Port, Port do win but Port could win because they have the skill to win. They have the skill to beat North Melbourne, I think. And Port when they turn up. Um, they, you know, they could definitely beat North Melbourne and Port technically probably still have the best chance to make the finals if North Melbourne were to drop out. So if this, this could be, this could a, be yeah. a bit, this could be an eight point game. This will tell us a lot about North's decline or Port's rise. Yeah. Whatever the result. I'm going to say North though. I, North can't afford to lose this one. I'll say North too. Western Bulldogs take on the Gold Coast Suns at, where's CS? 
Uh, Canberra? At no. uh, Cairns. Cairns. Your home game. Cairns. Yeah, Cairns. Cairns. Playing a game in Cairns. Cairns. Sold um, it. One of the ones we sold for financial reasons. Uh, I th- I was, this could be a bit of a danger. I was going to say last week it would be a danger game, but um, no, I think without no. Ablett and Ruscatelli that um, we'll, we'll have a lot of trouble. We, we have small backs. Like I, you know, yeah, we have no one for two meter Peter. No, you have a, you've you have a, you've got like a bloody one point four nine meter Caleb Daniel. Well, actually, that's how we're gonna we're gonna play Caleb Daniel on Marcus Adams' shoulders, <laughs> on two meter <laughs> Peter. Put a big overcoat, <laughs> Just one like, of those old umpiring overcoats they used to wear. The goal umpire. No, it's gonna be a jumper. It's gonna be a bulldog's jumper, <laughs> but it's just gonna have a little face mask in the front of it where Marcus can. I'm uh, picking the doggies for that game. Yeah, doggies. Uh, Adelaide Oval. I reckon this will be a good game. Crows taking on, on a resurgent Collingwood. Um, fucking, you know what? Are Collingwood's backs to the walls? No. Because they come off a big win. Yeah. Can they sustain it for two games in a row? No. Not against Adelaide. No, I don't think so. I mean, Adelaide at some stage will drop one. They shouldn't, but I don't think it's going to be against Collingwood in Adelaide. No. Okay. All right. Uh, I reckon I'm going to pick Adelaide as well. Uh, Sunday, Carlton take on the Eagles at the MCG. That's an interesting, interesting game. I'm going to pick the Blues. That's my lock of the week. I'm going to pick the Eagles. That's my lock of the week. <laughs> you always do your fucking lock over the word lock. You oh, do it either side. Hang on. Where am I meant to do it? I'm, that's my lock of the week. That's my lock <laughs> of the week. Okay. We'll have a production meeting about that. Yeah, all right. Okay. Uh, Eddie Head Stadium, uh, another fucking great uh, time slot for St Kilda, Melbourne. Yep. Uh, 3.20 on Sunday afternoon. Hmm, good game. I think this could be. I'm going to pick the Saints. I'm going to pick Melbourne. Motherfucker. I think Melbourne will win that one. Last game of the round is Brisbane Lions taking on the GWS Giants at the Gabba. Well, fuck. I reckon the GWS are going to smash them. I mean, we say that every week. Here. It's Brisbane's opponent. Yeah, but um, GWS will have something to prove. Yeah, they will. <laughs> After last week. We're probably going to see some fucking like, uh, some football moves you've never seen before. They're just yeah. going to start pulling out some insane shit. Yeah, I believe the GWS have been working on their version of like the crane kick from Karate yeah, You know, exactly. They've got something in their pocket they haven't yeah i oh know it'll be yeah. like the flying v from the mighty ducks they'll I have reckon, some new tactic i reckon my my other lock of the week yeah. my other lock of the week is that you may see a possessions record set in this game by gws oh yeah okay that's good that's yeah, yeah. i like that yeah i think gws that'll be fun um all right so we'll be back next week and and now uh traditional sign off we say play on not 15 Whoa!